Well, if you're a parent of a college-aged kid like me, this is just about the time of the year when you're starting to say, oh, man, I, I, I hope we made the right decision. I hope they made the right decision. You know, they, they get a career out of this that will actually be paying. It'll uh, be profitable and they don't get saddled with hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. Or you may even be thinking, is college even worth it at this point after going through the process? Hey, welcome to the Cool Dad Rules. My name is Bill Adams. Thanks as always for finding us. Always appreciate that. My guest on the line is Glenn Dunsweiler. What a perfect person to talk to about this very same issue. First of all, he's a former college professor. He's a documentarian. He's got a production website, but he's also the author of two books. The one I want to focus on is his latest. It's called A Degree in Homelessness, Entrepreneurial Skills for Students. How important is that these days? First of all, Glenn, thanks for being here. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. I mean, that's that's the name of the game, isn't it? That's what we're trying to avoid. And sadly, I mean, good Lord, we see it all that you see it all the time. Kids who are getting out of college, yeah. they thought they were doing the right thing. The families thought they were doing the right thing. All of a sudden, it doesn't that degree doesn't apply to the skills they need in the workforce, but they still have in some cases, well, I'm not exaggerating, literally hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. That's what we're trying to avoid here, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I I wrote this book because I started learning business skills when I moved to LA in 2015. And I, before then I was teaching at universities and I get my students in and I was teaching in theater. So (laughs) entertainment. So, you know, you know, that, that's a bad business model. (laughs) Right. Right. And, and these, these students would get to their junior senior year and say, Glenn, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. I think I'm going to live in my car and work at Starbucks. And I didn't have an answer for them. Right. But then when I started learning these entrepreneurial skills, I thought, ah, this is it. This is it. Because the theater degree is important, can be important, can be be useful if you know how to spin it. (laughs) If you have some of this, 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 these business skills that we don't teach unless your your parents teach it to you. Doesn't so that, that's what I, I'm trying to do. Doesn't that go back to a little bit, and I want to get into your personal story actually a little bit, because I think this, this relates to so many people. Doesn't that go back to a little bit of a very dangerous thought? I mean, I love this thought. I get it. And I, I think, like you said, if, if you spin it right, if you put the right angle on this, it can work. But I think a lot of people get caught up in this, follow your passion, and the answers will, will, will come. Well, it doesn't always come. It's not always the case right. unless you know how to apply them, which is what you're talking about. Right. Well, and my my dad, both my parents came from this world where the the their world was set up for them. Go do this, yeah. then you will get this. Yeah. Go do this, then you will get this. And for them, it worked. We're still telling our kids that, and it doesn't work for them anymore. <laughs> It's it's different. It apply, you know, it, it requires a bunch of different skill sets in a bunch of different areas too, right? Is I mean, have you found that right. as well going through this process? You've got to be able to dis- diversify. Is that part of it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my my parents worked for the same employer for pretty much their whole career. Yeah, mine too. And that's not going to be a thing now. That hasn't really been a thing. You know, people have to have to jump and People have to, I mean, I, I bought a house in 2006 and lost it through the housing crisis. You know, my parents bought a house and that accrued and equity and they were better for retirement. So right. that didn't happen for me. So 
I, I live in a different world than my parents lived, and these students live in a different world than I live. And these entrepreneurial skills allow you to bounce, allow you to move, allow you to set yourself up so you don't fail. Because if you listen to everyone else, they have a plan for you because it's successful for them. Right. So you have to have a plan for you that's successful for you. Let's get to them. I mean, you, you break it down. I've seen some of your, te- I saw one YouTube TED talk, which was very good, by the way. I like it, where you tell your story about losing a house, mm-hmm. losing the job, and it you turned that darkness into light for people, which I guess yeah. resulted in these entrepreneurial skills. Where Where would you start? The biggest and hardest one that you have to start working on as soon as possible, because it's going to take time, is learning how to value yourself. Hmm. That's one of the weird things where we got used to an employer telling us how much we were worth, right? So you get a job and that job pays this much. So someone else has valued you. And we never think of ourselves in terms of the the money, the currency part of our value to someone. And to try and figure out how to value yourself is so hard. But at the same time, it's so powerful because once you have figured that out, once you have put your brain in on that, you have empowered yourself and given yourself leverage. And you also will then go into situations that you will not regret or that you will not become angry about later. Wow. It's, it's, tough to, it's tough to do that even when you're like hiring somebody, though, to figure out what you should pay them. How do you figure out how to pay your – how do you figure out what your own worth is? Do you try to just like do comps? You know what I mean? Figure out what somebody similar to you is worth? Sure, sure. And, and it's – one of the, the chapters in here is – or multiple is, is about – money and what is money and what, you know, uh, the, the thing that spun me, I'll just tell you a story. Um, I was in a, a, a conference and this woman had this online course and she was selling it mainly to Chinese people. And the letter, or the, the number eight is really magical in Chinese culture. Mm-hmm. So she was selling this course for $888 <laughs> and she was not she felt that she needed to make more money, but it had to be with eights because that was the magic number. <laughs> and so the guy said, why don't you just sell it for $1,888, right? right? <laughs> extra. And she did. And her sales didn't, didn't, didn't lessen. In fact, I wow. think they, they, they increased. So what, your value is, is what people value as. And so you find what people see in you that is valuable. And that's the other entrepreneurial thing that we all talk about, you know, the myth of the sleazy salesman. And I grew up where in movies, salesmen, car salesmen, especially were you know, sleazy, not, not, not good people. And how did we get there? How do we, how do we like buying things, but we view the people that sell us things as kind of subhuman. And so we go into that and, and, and you're giving people joy. That's really what sales is, yeah. right? And you're promising people joy. So my, I break it down to how can you give people joy? And the more joy that you can give them, the more you're worth. And if, 
you also have to align it with what they're already looking for, right? Because you can't give them something that they don't know they want. Believe me, I've been trying to do it, tell people about how to how to reformat our homeless problems. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. like, I don't want to hear this. What yeah. are you talking about? So you have to find something that they're already kind of looking for. And then you have to figure out how you can give them joy in that vein. You know, it's so funny too. You're right. And I love that about how, I don't know when that happened. I don't know when we vilified salespeople because we go to that. We're look, there's really why we're going to them. We need something, right? So I don't know why we turned them in, but you know what else we vilified? And I'm wondering if this is one of the entrepreneurial skills you teach too. Stop making money a bad thing. I, I don't know when that happened. Yeah. We've talked about this before on the podcast in our show as well. I don't know when that happened, but right. it's really actually dangerous. I, I, I really do see it right. that way. Yeah. I actually have a, a, a chapter about how money is stop. I, I, I call it separating money from morality. Sure. And especially in the arts where I came from, you know, there's legitimacy in poverty. I don't know where that came from, right? Yeah. But if you are a starving artist, you are a legitimate artist. Yeah. <laughs> and if you start to make money, you sold out. Right, right. What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why is it? Why? And, and um, so a lot of times creative people will shy away from making money. And I've learned this in the nonprofit sector as well, where there's this legitimacy for a nonprofit to ask for money officially, but then there's this illegitimacy if they figure out how to make money to make themselves um, uh, uh, able to sustain through through rough times. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So recession proof. Uh, so no, I don't want to sell something. So we're a nonprofit. We're mission driven. Well, your, your number one mission is to stay afloat. <laughs> so how are you going to do that? Yeah, you can't help anybody if, if you're underwater and you're just your charity or whatever it is goes away. Yeah, and I saw this in 2008 with my documentary on homelessness. Mm-hmm. You know, all, there was only so much money left to give to nonprofits. And right. so you had all these nonprofits with all these great missions right. fighting over the same money. And the ones that could sustain through the housing crisis were the ones that had a money-making engine that fed into their mission. Yeah, absolutely. And it's and it's sad because there were a lot of, at that time you're talking about, there were a lot of great nonprofit organizations that helped a lot of people, but they had no business sense. They had none of the entrepreneurial skills you're talking about. So they went away and now they right. can't help people. Yeah, exactly. And that's really my whole mission. I'm, I'm trying to give that to people to help communities and families, but also to students to be able to help themselves because you know, I don't want to vilify universities, but the administration has really found a way to scale their passive income. And that's great for them, but it's becoming at, at the expense of the students and the faculty because the faculty also don't know how to make money. They don't know how to negotiate themselves. So when I was teaching, I was so frustrated because administrators were making all this money in the administration was becoming bigger and bigger and bigger and, ex- and schools were becoming more and more expensive. Right. But instructors weren't getting paid more and students were paying more for less, <laughs> you know? Yep. And, and I just thought, what, this is crazy. This, I don't want to be part of this craziness anymore. And, and 
there is something to be said for the, the, the marketing amazingness that universities have built. You know, if you go to Yale for that moniker or for that network, that's great. Just know why you're going to Yale. Yep. Because you're going to be using that marketing that they have done sure. all this time. And you're going to be using that network of people that already have money and families that already have money. And you're going to get access into that network. So you're going to get a head start. That's what you're paying for. But, you're, right, you're right. But that, yeah. that's, and I would imagine a lot of kids, a lot of families, especially ones that have, you know, they're alums of those school anyway, or whatever it is, uh, they would understand that. Not everybody has that though. But there's also, there's also this understanding that we're, you're probably the same way. It was just a foregone conclusion. You're going to get out of high school. You're going to get a four-year degree, and then you're going to hit the work. Like there was not even any thought. It was like this horrible thing to go to, like a trade school. Why have we looked down on on trade schools? Is that is that changing? Sure, 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 sure. So again, it was this this idea that an education is gives you an opportunity to make more money. So if you go to college then you can make more money than a tradesperson. But then what happened is we all started selling people on going to college. And then we started backing the loans in, uh, federally. Right. So, so then the university saw it as an opportunity to just keep raising prices because they, they were never going to lose out, right. no matter how expensive it got. And so people were going to school because they were following their passion. They were following the directive from their parents to go to school and they were falling into degrees that would not serve them well easily once they got out of the university system. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I pick on French literature, but let's say you get a <laughs> French literature degree. There are so many degrees where, you know, it doesn't translate to easy opportunity. The STEM fields, it's a little easier. They Companies still have, some, you know, um, biomed sure. still has headhunters that, that go to certain schools and, and they scour the best students in those degrees. So you can have engineering as you, you can get these well-paying, educated jobs out of college. But those aren't necessarily, especially in the arts and humanities, that's not the, the business models aren't there for that. No, good so you Lord, really no. have to watch what you're going for. And that's really what my book focuses on is what's your strategy. Let's get you as knowledgeable as you possibly can be. I call it the entrepreneurial skills like vegetables. You know, mm -hmm. when you're 18 to 22, all you're eating are hamburgers and French fries. You don't want your vegetables, but at some point someone told you about vegetables. So when you are hitting your thirties, and that food is starting to make you sick. You remember, oh, wait a minute. Someone told me about carrots. Maybe I should try those out. You right, know? right. And that's that's kind of that's what this, this, this book is. It's, like there, it's carrots for your soul and carrots for your strategy, your economic strategy, you know? Well, with that said then, okay, let's, you know, even if, uh, believe me, Glenn, I understand. Listen, I'm a radio person, okay? Nobody was seeking me out on campus. No one, <laughs> okay? It was just, but I did right. at some point have an understanding because like you're saying, somebody told me, say, look, it's going to be really tough to get into. You're going to struggle at first, but eventually, you know, God willing, everything will work out down the road. But let's let's just throw the situation out there. We have parents who are going to saddle a lot of the college debt, right? Would you say yeah. to a parent, you you pretty much have the right then to kind of pick the kid's uh, major 
with this experience? I mean, how do you think that, what would you tell to a parent right now who is looking at a kid with a major that, it's probably just not a good idea. And and you see these bills racking up. What would you say to them? Yeah. So my stepson is in graduate school for film composition right now. And that is a hugely um, competitive market. It is. We're we're talking, and, and it's creative. So it's automatically, he doesn't know how to value himself. People will try to underpay him. And instead of me saying, Jonah, you have to get a biomed degree or you have to get a law degree. I say, all right, this is what you want to do. Let's sit down and figure out how this could make money. Sure. Right. Right. And just having those conversations and it doesn't have, you don't have to come up with the answer right now because you're not going to come up with the answer right now. Who knows what's going to happen in three years. And YouTube has really uh, given, given an opportunity to a lot of composers because now they can put their music up on websites and people can just pay them to use their music absolutely wherever absolutely so you're getting you're getting an income stream for this creative endeavor however you have to know how to use it so, so the model that look i'm just going to be a film composer and i'm going to get hired by this academy award winning or winning filmmaker and then i'm just going to ride that out mm-hmm. until i retire what kind of business model is that? That's not a business model. But like you said at the beginning, it's like, you know, if you know how to spin it. So it's like you find ancillary ways to put your knowledge, your degree and experience to work, you know, and find it, find and, yeah. and use the current technology that's out there too. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of my, my whole approach to this and for this book. Well, uh, to really just to give as many tools as possible to students to succeed while they're in yep. university and after. Uh, and also, if they're going in, I, it's kind of a setup. I have a whole, the, the first part of the book is about how to best use your education. And I talk about education. So it could be going to a trade. It could be going to a, a junior college and, and getting a certification. And it could be a four-year degree. It could be a master's degree. And I break down all of the strategies for each of those and why they can be useful and you, you just need to look at that and figure out who you are, how you value yourself, where you can be useful to other people, and work that way. Yeah, it, it's just a strategy. It's an ongoing strategy. But I think it's a brilliant one. I think you're onto something so important right now, especially at this particular time with this particular generation of kids who are maybe just starting college now or you know, getting out of college and then the panic really hits of what they're going to spin this into. Like you said, Glenn Dunsweiler, it's great stuff. I love it. I love your background. The main book we've been talking about, you got two, but the one we focus on is a a degree in homelessness, entrepreneurial skills for students, which is what we've been talking about, which is so important, but I'm sure you can find that on Amazon. How else do we find you're all over the place though? Speaking of YouTube and everything else, where is the best place to find more information from you? Sure. So if you can spell my last name, <laughs> I am really easy to find. So once you get that down, man, because there's only one Glenn Dunsweiler in the world that I can find so far. And I kind of own that little, that little niche of space on the internet. See, that's unique. So GlennDunsweiler.com <laughs> is my website. Uh, but Degree in Homelessness, Entrepreneurial Skills for Students. So if you just type in a Degree in Homelessness question mark, my book will pop up. Um, also, my other book is Things I've Learned from the Homeless. So you can also type that in and that'll get you my name. Uh, my TEDx talk is called Small Business Homeless. 
So if that rings ahead, something in your, your mind to, to remember, you can type that in and then I'll show up. That's a heck of a last name, but if you can spell it, it's good. Well, I'm going to help you out with that. In fact, it's D-U-N-Z-W-E-I-L-E-R. Did I get it? You got it. All right. You got it. See, we made the search even easier. Glenn, thanks for the – I'd love to have you on again. I'm going to put you in my stable of awesome guests. So good luck with everything. Thanks right. for sharing that with us. It's really important stuff. I appreciate your time yeah, very yeah. much. All right. Yeah, it was fun. And like I always say, thanks so much for finding the Cool Dad Rules. My name is Bill Adams, and subscribing to the podcast and sharing that along, that's been awesome, wherever you get your podcasts. Also find us on the Cool Dad Rules Instagram page and on Facebook too. So we will talk to you soon.